come to the Iron Man. He just walked in. He's ready. Hey, listen, uh, just in case you missed it, I, uh, any of you out there that are interested in real estate, which I'm not, but gee, what a great idea. I see a note here. just came in. It's a Dateline Paris for sale by auction. You ready to buy out there? Get your get your cash up for sale by auction. Impregnable 20th century fortifications. Make good hunting lodge, second home, or atomic shelter. All with armored doors, seven inches thick, six rooms, air conditioning. Has uh, all plumbing involved, and it needs a little decorating. These are the details that the French Defense Ministry hopes will lure people into the bidding when the concrete bunkers of the Maginot Line are offered for sale next week. So if you'd like to buy a little chunk of the Maginot Line, it might be, you, you, you heard of the Maginot Line? You never heard of it. Well, I better explain to you what the Maginot Line was. The Maginot Line uh, is a historic place. I mean, it was not as impregnable as the French thought it was. That's why they're trying to sell it. This is the line that the Germans just came through like, uh, like, uh, like cockroaches inundating your new apartment. There's nothing you can do to keep them out. And uh, the Maginot Line is kind of <laughs> imaginable. You know what it is? It was considered the greatest uh, fortification of the 20th century. So you can buy yourself a little pad there with a seven-inch thick door. And uh, I, I imagine that would keep a few guys out, though. I mean, a few guys that I know, you know, come around with the nut picks and try to work their way in. And uh, you, 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 I, I imagine you'd be able to keep your your stereo, your hi-fi, your color TV set maybe two, three weeks if you had a place there like that. <laughs> imagine a line. Well, I wonder if anybody's uh, thought of selling the Siegfried line. There's also a very good one. Imagine there's a few elements of that. Just think of the great things that are going to be for sale when they finally, you know, cut out all this foolishness in Vietnam. Yeah, you know, Checkpoint uh, Charlie uh, you can buy. makes wonderful... Uh, Makes a wonderful summer lodge, has an excellent uh, view of the surrounding hills. However, a little new landscaping is needed on it due to the fact that there are some uh, unscheduled holes in the vicinity which have come from HE and various mortar shells that have landed in the area. However, with a little work, it would make a very self-satisfying thing. Now, uh, <laughs> the national line, when I, I read that, I said, you know, that's, uh, that's a move in the right direction, though. It is. I mean, uh, that's not necessarily turning... Uh, plowshares are turning uh, guns into plowshares, but it is turning Maginot lines into summer pads, which uh, is a fair, uh, you know. It's a, now, you don't know what the Maginot line is. You never heard of it. Well, uh, you know, I know one guy out in Utah that's bought a Nike base. That's complete with launching pad and the whole bit. And, yeah, he bought the whole thing, bought it at auction. Now, it's not in a very interesting neighborhood. The only thing that's near it is 17 miles away. There's a Dairy Queen. That's about it. And uh, <laughs> it's out in the boondockies. But he can't honestly say he has a Nike base. And I'll tell you, it's a it's kind of a nice thing to have in case of real trouble. And, of course, they took a lot of the, you know, the real good stuff out of it. But they left a lot of it. Now, that reminds me, you know, did you ever buy any, uh, did you ever buy any surplus stuff? Did you ever, you know, you, you've seen this surplus stuff around, you know. Now, I'm not talking about the joints up and down 42nd Street where surplus consists mainly of uh, books that involve Tilly the Toiler and 
and uh, various little things like that, you know. And <laughs> no, I mean a real surplus thing. I I remember one time I answered this ad, you know. Uh, it said to buy surplus equipment. It says uh, there's millions of wonderful bargains available. You've seen those. Well, you should write for one of those catalogs. You wouldn't believe what they've got. What is surplus? Yeah, you know, the various armed services buy some pretty groovy stuff, which don't necessarily go off with a bang or anything. They have real wild stuff. So uh, Shepard sends the catalog in, and uh, it comes back. And, and uh, there were all kinds of stuff. I didn't believe they had a lot of that stuff. I thought a lot of it was leaders, you know. I couldn't believe they had some of the stuff there. You know, for example, uh, you could get uh, 26,000 surplus ice cream scoops. And uh, you've seen, you know, what is in an ice cream scoop. I always wanted to have an ice cream scoop. Somehow that, uh, it always appealed to me, you know, the thing that they put in the water there when they reach down, that little handle on it, and it flips the ice cream ball out. Well, that's the thing I've always wanted to have. And, uh, of course, I was, I admit, I was cured of that desire because I spent one, two weeks, hellish two weeks, working in a Walgreen drugstore. <laughs> behind the counter uh, making sodas and sundaes. Did you ever do that? Well, you'd be surprised at what incredible, awful combination some people buy when they come into a soda fountain. Yeah, you know, you think that the average guy comes in and says, give me, a, give me a chocolate sundae. Well, that guy is the exception. And, and everybody waits for that guy because, you know, you can make a chocolate sundae. Yeah, they'll come in and say, give me a, give me a chocolate sundae, except I want strawberry ice cream, one ball of strawberry ice cream, one ball of, uh, of, uh, toasted almond ice cream, and I want vanilla syrup over the top of it, and I want that, put that, look, buddy, put two cherries on it, I don't care what the hell it costs, I'll pay for it. You say, well, I thought you said you wanted a chocolate sundae. He said, well, that's what it is. I don't, I don't want no chocolate on it. So you say, okay, all right. And, uh, of course, mythology plays a great role in that. Did I tell you about the, well, the greatest one I ever sold one time? It really, it's actually happened in, a, in, a, in an ice cream joint. that I, I was working in Walgreens. You know what is a Walgreens, don't you? you, you you've, you've seen it. A drugstore, right? Well, uh, this was on the south side of Chicago, and 28 million people would come in every day at lunch. And they all order the same thing, usually. You know, they order this, this uh, toasted cheese sandwich. You get a toasted cheese sandwich with a chunk of lettuce on it and a little hunk of, uh, of uh, tomato. You know, a lot of people didn't eat the tomato, you know? But yeah, they, they, they get the tomato on the side, they leave it there. So uh, I remember Mr. Vogel, who was the manager there, he says, we ain't going to throw away all them tomatoes. And so what we had, well, sometimes a tomato would be, you know, used on eight, nine, ten sandwiches before somebody <laughs> ate it, you know. <laughs> then you'd get to the point where you get used to the fact that the tomato comes back. And once in a while you get really bugged because some son of a gun ate it. You know, so have you ever noticed why sometimes you go into a place when you don't do anything, you think, and you get a surly look from the guy, right? Well, you might have eaten a tomato. And he's had that tomato now for over a week, and he's gotten kind of attached to it, saying, you you come in there, you know, real chintzy type, you eat it. Well, uh, so uh, <laughs> that was part of that scene. But one of the great moments that happened to me was this guy comes in, say, and he says, uh, there's a certain type of customer that comes in, says, look around the eye. Their eyes are usually close together. Uh, be careful of people who have eyes that are real close together. They're, they're kind of bad, you know. Mr. Cyclops, you know, he comes in there and he's looking at you. He's two little beady eyes. He's got kind of a pasty look around his face, you know. And uh, and any time a guy calls you son, uh, be careful. That guy's uh, he's he's a mean one. Any any time any any guy calls you son, whenever you're working in a place, look out. That guy, you know, he's laying it on you right away. Of course, there's the other side. Any time a kid calls you sir, he's laying it on you too. So you got to be careful. These are all little 
little uh, little uh, you know hints in the wind there. So yeah, so uh, he he comes in there. Says, oh, by the way, nothing gets a kid madder than to call him sir. Uh, I, I I often do that. I say, excuse me, sir. And he's, he looks at me, you know, he says, a good offense is much the best defense, you know. And I uh, throw it at him right away real quick. So I, I uh, stand behind the counter there, and I had, it was a good day, you see, because uh, a good day behind the counter is when they give you a new apron. Uh, after about a week working on that apron, you know, I got ketchup all over and big hand prints and globs of, of uh, strawberry syrup, and it, it begins to ferment, uh, usually around Friday. You get it on Monday, and by Friday you can smell your apron maybe 40, 50 feet away. And sometimes when you put your apron down, you see it moving. And that can be exciting. So, uh, yeah, you do. You, you put <laughs> all by itself. So you <laughs> start having legs on the bottom. So you <laughs> little claws start growing out of the pockets. So uh, I, I had this apron. It's, you know, it's kind of a groovy day. The apron's clean. It says walking out. You know, great. And uh, I'm, I'm feeling right on top of it. So I'm, I'm back there. I got my new hat on, too. You know, you're giving one hat a week, you know. We need little hats, you know, to put on there, see. So I'm feeling right, you know. I got my hat. I'm, we used to have morning inspection. you got to wear your hat at the right angle. And you don't come in and look like a dildock and a hat on the back of the head. Your ears sticking out like a couple of, you know, paddles sticking out. So you wear the hat, you know, with a, with a real uh, a real GI snap to it. You know, it's pulled down over the eye. You know, you look, you're a combat soda jerk, you know. So uh, I'm standing back at the counter this day. Little realizing I'm about to have one of those great moments, and I, I think the great moments of our life are never—they're never signaled by bells. Nobody presses a button. In fact, almost all the great moments that are official great moments in a guy's life, like graduation, uh, getting discharged, all the, you know those big moments in your life, uh, getting engaged, all those things that people write great stories about, pass in the average guy's life without hardly a ripple. The average guy can't remember when he asked this chick to marry him. Maybe that's Freudian. He might have erased it from his mind. <laughs> he wants to pretend. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's gone. See, you see, you see how many guys have asked, you know, you, you ever talk to a friend of yours, really a friend, about real things instead of, you know, the weather and whether or not the Jets are going to, you know, you know that that's all frosting on the cake. You ever look at a guy right in the eye and say, "Hey, look, uh, I've been meaning to ask you." Al. And he looks, well, "What do you want?" You know, and right away he figures it's a touch. You know, and so well, look, no, no, it's not that. It's okay. I'm holding today. What I want to ask you Al, was this. I've been wondering. You know, how the hell did it ever happen between you and Mabel? You know, <laughs> a lot of guys been wondering about it. Just, just curious. What happened? You know? Well, what do you mean? Now, right away, so he doesn't know what you're talking about. What do you mean? What do you mean? Because he accepts the fact that this Mabel thing that he's got on his neck is just normal. You know, it's like, you know, like having a club foot or so. Anything that you're born with, you can't do much about. You get used to it. See, and you say, well, come on, Al, tell us about. It. I mean, just just between you and me, I won't say nobody or nothing, really. But what and what really happened? What do you mean? I met her at the bowling alley. So, well, all right, you met at the bowling alley, but, but you know, you met a lot of people at the bowling alley. You know, there was lots of chicks coming in out of the bowling alley. What about, uh, what about Sylvie? You remember that one? Oh, man, she come in there, I mean, you could just feel the radiations for miles around, you know. How come Mabel? I mean, you know, Mabel. Then you see the cloudy look in the eye, see, he says, because this, this is a question he's been avoiding himself, you know, for a long time. How come Mabel? So you say, well, come on, uh, just... 
just this once, you know. Well, I'll tell you, I'll, well, let's, make a, let's make a pact here, like, you know, making a pact with the devil. Let's make a pact. You can ask me something that's been bugging you about me if you'll answer a question about you, right? That sounds innocent. He's, well, okay. <laughs> I haven't made it ask something about you. And, uh, all right. Okay, what's your question? I said, okay, Al, here's what I want you to level with me. Now, just once. Al, please tell me about how, the, how it came about. What happened the night you asked Mabel to marry you? Just tell me what happened. Do you really remember it? Come on, Al. And then watch the confusion. See, Al says, well, uh, gee, you know... You know, it's funny, uh, it's, I've been trying to think of that sometimes myself. And uh, I'll tell you what it was. Uh, well, you see, one night when I was taking off from bowling, you know, I, I, I started taking off from bowling. See, we live in the, and, and uh, you know, she lives two blocks away, see, so that's how it all started. You know, I got the car, so I said, uh, I'll take you home from bowling. And uh, one night was coming up from bowling, you know, and, and uh, we stopped by that place down there. What the, oh, that, it's closed now. Uh, Oh, that bar used to be down there by the Chevy agency. You remember that one down there? Uh, you remember that big fat guy? What was his name? Sam used to run that bar. You remember that bar? I'll tell you, I, we stopped in that bar. See, I come on the way back. I said, uh, you would like a drink, Mabel? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, what the hell, just a girl. I says, well, I go into this joint there, see, and, and there was a guy in there having a birthday, right? And I don't even know him. He's just on a birthday, and he's buying for the house. Well, I walk in there, and the guy said, set him off for the house. And so Sam says, what will you, what do you have, uh, Alan? I said, well, I'll have a triple bourbon. Now, usually, you know, a triple bourbon, uh, I don't usually go for it. But after all, the guy's buying So I ordered a triple bourbon. And uh, I had a triple bourbon. And uh, the guy says, oh, uh, what do you want? Uh, let's have it. So, well, anyway, uh, you know, I had two or three bourbons. And, and the Mabel had a couple of bourbons. And, well, you know, what do you know? I said, no, Al, I don't know. What happened then? So, look, you know, uh, you know how it happens. So, no, Al, that's not what I'm asking. Well, how, did it, how did it happen with you? I don't know how it happens. Tell me how it happens. Well, you know, to be honest with you, I can't remember. All I know is, you know, it's just kind of understood. We're going to get married. So what do you mean understood? Somebody must have brought it up. I mean, you don't just understand it. I, I go into the, you know, I go into this deli every night, and I see this chicken there. She serves me the salami every night. I have salami. It's not understood that we're going to get married just because I see her every night. I've seen many people at the bowling alley. What do you mean it was understood that you were going to get married? Well, this is WOR in New York. You're a bad news station, you know? I'm sorry, Al, if you're listening out there. But I, I just want to know how it was, you know? I just want to know that moment. And uh, so many guys, they, they, uh, that's the one great thing about the human mind, you know? It's got a built-in eraser. God, would we, would we be in trouble if it didn't? I mean, <laughs> I mean, it really does have a built-in eraser, see? So Al doesn't really remember if you say, Al, what, what did you say to her? How did you say it? Uh, you know, uh, I just, you know, I don't know. I don't even re remember. Uh, you know, it's a silly question. Is it a silly question? Pursue him, see. Is it a silly question? What do you mean? You ask Mabel to marry you. You ask her one night, and she said she'd marry you. She has given her whole life to you. She has thrown her entire world in your lap, and what have you done with it? Well...
None of your damn business. Of course, at that point, you start drifting apart, you know. <laughs> and yet, you know, in the movies, I wonder why, how many people compare their lives with the movies, see, and they find their life is really doesn't measure up. You know, if they ever made a movie of your life, uh, it just wouldn't wouldn't fit, you know, with the way with the way it happens in the movies. Because you know, when a guy asks a chick to marry him in the movies, oh man, that's a big moment, you know. I mean, there's there's long looks and there's great the eyes puddle up and and the and the, it's just a dramatic moment. It's a great rising instant, and the music starts playing in the background. Yeah, music comes from all directions, and he reaches out and he kisses her. As he does, there's a quick shift of scene and seagulls flap by, you know, and the waves come crashing up on the shore. And, you know, and you know it's an important moment. Yes, an important moment. And so tonight, friends, I'm about to sing for you the What the Hell Ever Happened to My Life Blues. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That old river just keeps you rolling on. My God, it just keeps rolling on. Them old rocks, they just sit there. They don't do nothing but sit. And that old sky, it ain't done nothing but just hang up there forever. And what the hell ever happened to my life? Nothing. I can't remember none of it, none of it. My God, I think so fast I never even was a kid. Oh, 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 Whatever happened to my life, it's just gone, gone. And I got all these things hanging on me. Yeah. I'm singing the unpaid mortgage blues. Yeah. I got power lawnmowers. Yeah. I got an electronic bird bath. Out the back, yeah. Seven cars, yeah. Nineteen kids. All of them with their little old claws hanging out there. They want more, 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 more. Yeah. Sometimes it makes me feel like there are 422 people living off me, and all of them got nothing but big hands out. Oh, how the hell did it happen? Where did I go wrong? It's all down the drain now. Sometimes, sometimes I just know I can't afford to die. No way. I've kept afloat. I've kept afloat by all them bills that just keep coming in. The people calling up on the phone and saying, "Come on, you gotta lay some more bread on me, man. We are gonna foreclose." And she ordered another thing, and you gotta pay for it. And you gotta pay for it now. Within 30 days, and we are gonna guarantee your whole life, your whole life down the drain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you like my song there, George? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you really like that, huh? Sounds familiar, don't it, George? Well, uh, you know... Uh, <laughs> Whenever I have George, I, every time I work with George, I get down there where, where you know where, where it really sweats. You know, ain't a way to escape it. Have you noticed the different types of show I do when I'm with George, or when I'm with Herb, or when I'm with Matt? Very different scene. 
Because there's something, you know, George and I understand something. I don't know what it is, but we sure do. Let's hear a little more of that, George. <laughs> no, 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 that's right. Get Sweet Sue on there, you know. I think that's kind of good. And uh, But while we're, while, we're, uh, while we're contemplating the infinite here, uh, you know, that is, all, all, <laughs> all kidding aside, though, that is, that is the truth. That is, a, that is the God's honest truth. That 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 you like you know you just you just try to figure out you try to remember it you know, and and I, I as a matter of fact I I, <laughs> I had a, an experience just like that the other day. See, I was talking to this guy. And I don't know how it came up, and we'll call him Al for argument's sake. You know, we're sitting there in this in this two-bit diner, you know, and uh, we're sitting there hanging over the hanging over the table there, and, I, and there was something in his eye, you know, and I, there was something there that just just had to be plumbed, and I finally said, "What's bugging you?" Oh, nothing, nothing. I swore well, you seem, you know, like you're dragging. They yeah, yeah. Well, what do you mean? Nothing, nothing. Get off my back. You know, there's a certain little irritation there. It's okay. Because I, I felt it bubbling up, you know. Uh, there's a point when you, you, can, you, you can sense that the boiling point is approaching. <laughs> there was just something about the guy. So finally he says, all right, I'll tell you. He says, this, oh, man. He said, you ain't married, are you? I said, well, I was, but I ain't. Uh, you know, there was a time that I saw the light. And he says, oh, God. And I said, well, what's the matter? And he says, well, he said, it's nothing exactly the matter. He says, it's just not, I can't pinpoint it. He says, I can't just say, after all, she's great, you know, and she does everything. She cooks all that stuff up, and she's just great, you know. I said, well, what is it, Al? He said, well, I can't put my finger on it. I just don't know what it is. I said, is it the itch, Al? He said, nah, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, I said, yeah. I said, is it the itch to fly, to flap them wings, and, you know, cut out on Route 66 and just trail smoke and go? He said, well, you know, I did that once. I says, you did? He says, yeah. I said, you never told me. He said, yeah, well, as a matter of fact, you know. He said, I, I'll tell you what it was. He said, I met Mabel. He says, and that's, she's the one that made me cut out on Route 66 and fly, as a matter of fact. I said, no kidding. He says, yeah, you know, he says, you, did I ever tell you, did I ever tell you about Elizabeth? I said, no. He said, well, Elizabeth come before Mabel. I said, no kidding. He said, yeah, he said, you know, I was married there for, I don't know, maybe a couple of years. So all of a sudden I started to get this terrible itch and I met Mabel. He said, oh, my God, Mabel just turned me on just inside out, and, you know, I just, my eyeballs were bugging out every time I'd see her, you know? And I said, that true? He said, yeah. He said, oh, he said, I just had to do it. And I said, you, you mean you cut out on Elizabeth? Oh, he said, no, well, that's not exactly the way it was. He said, but, yeah. I said, you did. He said, yeah, oh, I said, me and Mabel just took off. We went, man. And I said, now? Well, it isn't exactly the way it sounds. I said, well, what, what do you mean? Said, well, you know, she's great and groovy. I said, but, but? He said, yeah, but, but. So we just sat there and looked at our cheeseburgers for a while, and truck drivers came in and out, and, and uh, you know, the swinging door kept swinging, and I look up and down the counter there, and I could see all these people. I could see all these ladies sitting in the booths there, and all them guys, and all, all those eyes looking, you know. And I figured between each eye, there's another Al, you know. Between every chick's eye, there's another Elizabeth. Between, if it ain't Elizabeth, it's Mabel. 
And they too, you know, I just wondered if I ever sat down with Mabel and said, Mabel, what? how come you ever got hooked up with that slob, you know, Al? I mean, he's a friend of mine, but let's face it, I don't know, I don't know how it happened. I'll tell you, I went to that bowling alley that night and everything was groovy, you know. <laughs> yeah, sweet. Just you, baby. Oh, that skies are blue. It's shining down on you. Sweet Sue. Nobody but you. That's why every every last uh, major drama is about that, you know. No 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 play ever answers any question. You know, after all, what was it that uh, uh, that uh, you know? Old Hamlet standing there on the stage looking out, and he says, "To be or not to be, that is the question." And he didn't really say that. That was Yorick that said it, wasn't it? That's it true, isn't it? Yeah, it was Yorick that said it. Really, <laughs> to be or not to be is the question. Well, now, that sounds pretty glib, really, you know. To be or not to be. That's not really the question after all. When you really stop and look at it, you are. Ain't no question. You are. That's the end of it. You are. Of course, this is a kind of a 
dull philosophical concept, but not really. <laughs> you know, you there you are. You know, and and have you ever have you ever really felt satisfied with you, the you that you are? How about you, George? Come on, it works pretty good for you. Oh, think of the guys you could be. My God, you know, you got to look at it that way, you know. And uh, <laughs> of course, they themselves. <laughs> You walk up to one of them guys and say, you know, how come you're such a slob? I mean, you know, he said, what do you mean, slob? He said, well, yeah, yeah, let's break it out in the open here, Aki. I mean, you know, you know, you, you, you can't fool it all the time there. He said, well, I've just been thinking all along, you're the slob, you know. And so, <laughs> but the secret problem that all of us have, though, is that I suspect that most of us believe that I... Have you ever had the feeling that your life is, life is a vast magnetic tape loop? Yeah. And it's, it's got these rewind, you know, the take-up reels and all that stuff. And once in a while they get stuck, and sometimes they don't wind up good, and the tape rolls all over on the floor, and people come stepping on it, you know. And then the tape machine catches up again, it starts winding... And then it starts going real smooth, and the tape's going around and round and round and round, you know, and the, the pickup head's working real good, and then some dust gets caught in it, and then it's, uh, you know, it's tangled up again, and then once in a while the tape breaks, and uh, then <laughs> that's the end of the ball game. <laughs> you know, that's, uh, the, the thing that I think that, that uh, I, I really think there's two, two kinds of people, really, in general, in the world, um, being very much in general here. Uh, it's widely generalized, but because you see, the reason you have to generalize is because I think people tend to slide back and forth. I don't think anybody's really one thing or the other. I don't think anybody's, if you, you know, some people tend to divide the world into the hip and the square, but I don't necessarily think that's as clean as that. Because I've seen the hip people, the friends, do some unbelievable square things. And on the other hand, I've seen the squares do some unbelievable hip things. Just out of the blue, something comes, you wouldn't believe it, you know. So the, th <laughs> so the thing is, you keep sliding back and forth, you know. And I think the world really divides into two groups, really basically, a kind of a loose division. I mean, the whole world. And there's the one crowd who really believes that, the, that, the, that there is an answer to everything, ultimately. You know, if you could learn, there's an answer why life exists and everything, you know. And uh, they, they're, either, they're either on their way to looking for that answer, or they think they got it. They're not quite sure, but they think they got it, see? So they're going out and handing out tracks to the other guys, trying to get that. You know, there's a feeling of, of, of security in numbers. If you can believe, you know, that, that your head is composed of a petrified carrot, and you keep saying to yourself, now, come on. And you say, no, it is. It's a petrified kid. By God, I can see it in the mirror. It's a pet, and nobody else seems to see this. Well, now, if you can, if you can convert, say, 20,000 other people to believe in that their heads are made of petrified carrots, pretty soon you begin to feel secure about it. And then if you get 200 million people that believe that their heads are made out of carrots, and there ain't no doubt, they are made out of carrots. After which you can start turning out the books, the LPs, and you can go on lecture circuits and the whole bit, you know? And can try to convert the rest of the world to the carrot theory. Well, now, <laughs> there's, see, there's the thing in numbers, but actually there's no way to be a number. You're you, you know. You can't, you, you can't be nothing but you. And, and deep down inside, you know, you would say, you know, if, if, if everybody else thought and believed and, and, and uh, felt the way I would feel, and the way I really secretly down inside feel, the world, you know, it would all work. 
You see, then there'd be no doubts. That's the way it is. But inside of you, you know, you keep saying, well, how come I got involved with Mabel and there were 400,000 million other guys that didn't get involved with Mabel? What the hell happened to me, you know? <laughs> so you know secretly that you ain't a crowd, you're you, you know? And no matter how many people you're staying around with, you're still you. No way, no way. And, of course, the desire to be part of a crowd is a deep, deep, deep thing with all of us, you know. You go down to the village and, and you can stand on the street corner in the village and I live down there, you know, and, and, and it's, it's fascinating. Within 10 minutes, 1,256,000 guys will pass you, and you can't tell one from the other, you know, and they all think they're really, you know, they're swinging high, wide, and handsome in all directions, see? Well, unfortunately, they're doing it within very carefully prescribed, circumscribed areas. Oh, yeah, if you were to ever walk down Bleecker Street, for example, and uh, there you are, you know, and you're carrying for all to see a copy of the Reader's Digest, you'd be in trouble. So you can't really swing every direction you feel like swinging, you know. <laughs> you really can't. And so, so, and on the other hand, you know, if, if you're in certain areas here, in the, you know, like say up in Darien, and you come walking down into the supermarket there in Darien, and you're, and you, you know, you got the, you get, you're wearing your, you know, you're wearing your uh, General George Custer suit. Of course, that's very common up there now, see, but it's tailored up there, you know. They get them from Abercrombie and Fitch, but that's something else. But uh, nevertheless, deep down inside, you know, there's the other guys, see, there's the one guy that thinks he's going to find the answer to everything. See, he's, we're gonna, he's going to hook into the main mother load of knowledge, truth, and beauty, and wisdom. You know, you plug it in there. And, uh, yeah, he's going to follow the right yoga. He's going to follow the right uh, whatever, Krishna or something, you know, and he's going to get in there. And it's all, gonna, it's all been laid on him, see. Well, then there's the us. That the <laughs> now it's not that we're not convinced. It's just that there's some animal thing inside of us. Is that this is it, man? There ain't no other thing. That's the end of it. There ain't no answer, no way. And uh, you're always being argued with by the other guys. Say, well, what do you mean? It's got to be an answer. After all, what? You, know? you say, well, you know, it's uh, there. It is. See. And so the two groups is uh, there's the believers and the non-believers. Ultimately, wouldn't you say that, George? Ultimately, yeah. And and so so here we walk along here you know waiting for waiting for the sun to come up and the sun to go down and that's one thing you can almost count on you know there's, you know as I said almost I didn't say you could count on it but you could almost and of course one of the things that everybody starts to think about you know is is that it's all, it's only where I am that's all screwed up all lost up it's only here you know it's just, it's uh, it's uh, if I could get to Australia that's where it would be many guys believe that and of course many guys. You know, squatting in hovels in Australia, figure if they could only get, if they could just once get to New York, that would make it, it would sing, you know. And so everywhere you go, all over the world, you know. And so this friend of mine the other day, he says, we're sitting in this coffee shop down the village, you know. And he says, and he says, I got, oh, I got a split, man, in my head. It's, you know, it's blowing up, you know. I said, what's the matter? Easy there, easy there, big yogi. Hold it there, you know. Cool it, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure I get my coffee out of this baby before we get thrown out, you know, because she took the dough. And he says, well, oh, my head, it's going, why? And I'm saying, now, wait a minute, Yogi, cool it now. Cool it there, easy, baby, what is it? He said, I've got to go. I said, where are you going to go? He says, well, he said, i got to go. And, well, he was right in the middle of his Dylan Thomas bag. See, people go through these various bags. And he's in a Dylan Thomas bag. He says, he said, I've got to go. He said, where are you going to go, Yogi? He says, I got, I, I, he's, you know... He said, you know, you ever read Dylan Thomas? I said, yeah, I've read Dylan Thomas. He said, well, yeah, it's, it's not like that in Wales, you know. He's Welsh, right? And I said, yeah, he's Welsh, that's right. He was Welsh anyway. 
He said, well, you know, it's peace and quiet. Those people have simple lives. i got to go. I said, well, you're going to go to Wales? He said, yeah, I think I... Well, I haven't seen Yogi since. I don't know whether he went to Wales. This week it's Wales. Next week it's the Spanish island. You know, who knows? But uh, he's going to go, and that's where it's going to happen. So I, I'm not more than 10 minutes after I leave Yogi. You know, he's yelling about how he's going to go to Yogi. Yeah, he's going to go to Wales where they have peace and quiet and simple folk walk around and they drink goat milk or whatever it is they got there, see? I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm, I'm reading the... I'm reading a little note there. I'm sitting in there, you know. See, I don't go to barbers. And, you know, I just sort of stand and watch them once in a while. I say, oh, yeah, but, you know. And uh, there's a paper there. See, and I'm looking at the paper, and it says, Cardiff, Wales. Now, you, you guys think that it's only America that's, uh, you know, got problems, right? Mechanized, dehumanized, and all that jazz, right? Listen to this. Cardiff, Wales. Now, that's Cardiff, Wales. And, by the way, uh, does the name Cardiff mean anything to you, Jerry? What does Cardiff mean to you? You know what it means? Cardiff what? You mean none of you ever heard... What, what, where's your history? You mean you don't know that there's a thing called the Cardiff Giant? Yeah, yeah, that's right. You're right. You hit it. Yeah. And what was the Cardiff Giant? P.T. Barnum, right? Well, he had this thing called the Cardiff Giant. People came for the miles around to see the Cardiff Giant. It was supposed to be they had uncovered a petrified giant. It was ten and a half feet tall. Well, it, 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 you know, finding some spoiled sport, you know, there's always one wise guy. He said, let me take a close look at that Cardiff Giant. And he took a close look at it and discovered it was made out of poured concrete. And, uh, <laughs> well, I just want to let you know what happened in Cardiff, Wales here, in case you figure if you get there where they sing them, you know, simple folk songs about people drinking goat's milk. Cardiff, Wales, the David Morgan store in Cardiff, Wales, has been inundated with angry letters from customers complaining that although they ordered and received cactus plants, they were billed for umbrellas. The uh, store sent out a form letter this week saying, and we quote here, this is in uh, beautiful human Wales, uh, you are served with your cacti by our rainwear staff. We have unfortunately been unable to teach our computer the difference between an umbrella and a cactus. Therefore, your account, uh, on your account, a cactus is described as an umbrella. You will now pay us for one umbrella. However, you can keep your cactus. We do not wish to offend the computer. Well, now, wait a minute. If that happened here in Macy's, you guys would be walking around yelling what a dehumanizing experience it is to live here in America, right? I ordered a cactus and they come along and they bill me for an umbrella or vice versa well this is Wales and so friends wherever you go they ain't singing folk songs the Clancy brothers never sing a folk song about that of course not you hear what's happening to peaceful Ireland don't you <laughs> yes everywhere you go so if you will uh, George just a touch there just a little touch of that sad sorry music
God, it's gone already. And so that ends tonight's salute to Al and Mabel, wherever they might be. Looking deep into the eye of man, deep into the vortex of chaos, deep into the whirlpool of existence and time. Once again, we concluded another salute to Hugh Downs on this, your program and your station dedicated to public service of a higher sense. This is WOR New York. Now it comes with the news with John Scott.